1: There was something there that was so raw where I was like, wow, I can't believe someone would say that.
0: Let's go there on Going There with Dr. Mike, brought to you by Sound Mind Live and the Consequence Podcast Network every other Tuesday, wherever you get your podcasts.
2: This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines.
3: My name is Brian Tome. I'm not your average pastor, and this isn't your average podcast. Join me and millions of other listeners growing spiritual muscles far away from what your mother knows with their quilted Bible cover case. Search The Aggressive Life with Brian Tome wherever you listen to podcasts
1: Join now and you'll see why 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. All access membership separate. Offer ends January 8th, 2023. Excludes Bike, Bike Plus, and Tread Basics. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com. Mm-hmm.
0: Episode two thirty four, two thirty four. Good so. spirits. <laughs> that let's get right into it. That intro music we uh, dropped in a new track from your band, and it sounds like are you messing with the six eight or three four illusion? What's going on? A, a little bit, yeah. So, um, so I was trying to think. Uh, what we did
3: was that I mean that's just recorded here, and we're just demoing stuff before we actually go into the studio and record things. And those first three guitar notes that Dino plays, I wanted to just match something up on the ride cymbal so he doesn't come in until about 10 seconds into the track. So I just was like, oh, what is he playing there? And he, he's playing one and two and three and one. And so I just kind of went backwards to the very beginning of the downbeat of one and thought, what do I have to do to match up with that? And I was like, oh, it'll actually fall right on it. OK, one, I didn't hear that. And three and I heard it as. Two. One, two, three, one. That's what I wanted. Yeah, but I I'm so the click is going do do and I'm going one and two and three and one two and three and one and that's what and then I come in with ding 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 da that three and one and the two and three and and that's the tempo of the song. Where does it go from there then? Right? Download at man moon dot so I'll send you the full track, but we're we're just demoing stuff now and having fun with it. Uh, I don't know if you could tell, but my guitarist mixed that one. Guitars are a little heavy. It's <laughs> all oh, But uh, yeah, so that we're just good. having fun uh, messing around with it. But it was my first time using any type of time manipulation to mess with the listener's ear, give them kind of a, a sense of things. So now that we've explained it, can we play it one more time? Yeah, let's do it from the beginning. Take it from the top. Thank you.
0: Six eight with like this quarter <laughs> note uh, hemiola over top of it. Right, it sounds like well, that. Uh, what's that Alicia Keys song with Steve Jordan where he his left foot? No, maybe oh, it's yeah, a yeah, yeah. maybe it's a John Schofield track. I don't remember. It's that whatever when he was doing that, it was like a six eight groove, but he had his left foot chomping. Quarter notes or something like that. You remember that one? Mm, no, I don't know. I, I said, "Oh yeah," like
3: I knew what you were talking about. And then well, I was there was like, no, there actually I have no idea
0: that was like a really okay. heavy six eight, but I think it was on the Schofield record. He did a six eight, but he had the left foot playing like the over the bar line quarters like that. But yeah, I'm hearing in six I mean, eight, so I don't know where the, the goal here go.
3: is to have something. uh Have you ever? Heard the live version of Butterfly by Gretchen Parlato with yes. Mark on drums. Yep. Sure. So the goal is to have something like that where you actually just give up and it's like I'm done. I don't <laughs> care. I'm just going to listen. And so that's the goal here. Find your I'm one, not, folks. Find your yeah, one. <laughs> it's just there's some music going on. Uh, we are purposely trying to create driving music. That yeah. is our goal. Dig it. Is you know. So anyway, so it was, it was a lot of fun to do that. Had a blast. Just. Recording with the guys and and starting to demo things and now we're we've really found a way to do it where since all three of us have pro tools I try we kind of track me as a scratch track during a practice uh, and then and they're just recording direct and then I send them my drum tracks they record all their stuff send it back to me then I delete my scratch drum tracks and record to their recorded parts so it's, mm. it's just kind of fun because we've noticed that the writing is so much different for these individual parts when my guitarist can be at his house without me and Q being like, hey, man, we have 15 more minutes. Can you <laughs> like because we Such don't have a lot of time way to be in a band. <laughs> totally. Right. I know <laughs> it's it's so funny because like then the part well and layers and all that. So it's like, here, take the parts, go home and be creative, send it to me. But what's weird is that I start out then they get to put their better tracks on top of my drum tracks because my drum tracks were kind of played in a vacuum. Mm-hmm. And then I get to delete my drum tracks and play better stuff on top of what they recorded. And then they're like, well, if I would have known you were going to do that, I would have, <laughs> it's, it's like, a Oh dog Jesus. Chasing its tail. Totally. Totally. <laughs> that should that. be the album art. <laughs> a dog. <chasing> its tail. <laughs> Here is an actual depiction of our recording process, <laughs> but no matter what, we're having fun still in this band, and that's what we hope for everybody. How are you,
0: man? I'm good. Yeah, all good. No complaints. Good. So I, um, you know, I got my Rogers kit set up. <laughs> Do we want to go man, into it. What,
3: what was up with you just <laughs> spitting fire on social media? I've never, I've never come out and just straight up said, just so you know, Gretsch is the greatest drum company ever. Uh, but you man. came out hot with that. Fiery
0: pink kit, you know. Okay, I mean, so
3: that's not your kit, right? That's no, just a re- kit for I'm reviewing review.
0: it. So the you know Rogers came out with the Dynasonics, I guess, last year. Mm-hmm. The reissues that were pretty spot on. Did you just play a guitar chord? No, that's my uh, old uh, office chair. <laughs> I heard
3: a little palm muted <laughs> No,
0: it's just the springs and okay. this the old chair. Cool. What was I saying? So yeah, they put out the Dynasonics <laughs> last year, and then this year at Nam they were debuting some kits, right. um, Covington era kits. So like the original Rogers get uh, so they sent me one in an amazing uh, wine ripple uh, wrap. Okay, and I have a Rogers kit at home, so I was able to. You know, that'll be the review. I'm going to? I tuned the 12-inch toms identical. Really? Okay. And I hit them yesterday. I didn't know you had an old Rogers kit. Yeah, I hit. I hit them yesterday. Like I, I matched my Rogers to where this Rogers was tuned out of the box and blindfolded. They're pretty much spot on identical, which is pretty. So cool. let me
3: ask you this because this is what we came down to when you and i did the test with my new usa custom 12 and my 60s 12 mm-hmm. i we neither one of us could tell a difference in sound but i could tell a difference in feel nope and i still not with this oh really you really
0: the edges are oh. I, mean, it, I don't know what they did but the shells they're the exact same type of shell they were pretty spot on with all the specs it feels the same it got the same heads coated ambassador top and bottom sure yeah, no. They feel these new drums feel like old drums, which I don't. That's great. I don't experience very often, so it's pretty exciting. We'll be so. I literally just took them out of the box, hit them. The bass drum. I looked this morning. Like three of the uh, claws are just not even touching the hoops anymore. <laughs> the heads are just barely on, but it just has like a really gnarly, like funky distortion, like Nate Wood kind of vibe. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So when a kick gets me in- inspired, it's it's. You know, I have to I have to throw some heat. <laughs> now, are you? Uh, yeah. Well, you were you were spitting fire and uh,
3: Carter and I enjoyed it. Uh, I think that it actually comes back to something that you and I've talked about a lot. And it's we don't care what you guys play. We just care that you love what you play as much as we love what we play, because yeah. at no point did I see Carter go like, oh, wow. Did I make a mistake signing with Ludwig? That's a great (laughs) kit, Mike. Like, you know, it's it's like, oh, that's cool. Like, find your sound, find your voice, and most importantly, find your comfort. If you can find a drum set that makes you feel the most you you can be, that's your kit. I don't care what the specs are. I don't care how much it costs. That's very Uh, true. Yeah. You know, I think that that's really important. Yeah. Okay. I need some help. Yeah. Go ahead. What? Drum help. Now. I know that this is like frowned upon, Uh-oh. but I really like the way that drums look. I know that you're only <laughs> supposed to care about how they can, how they sound, but I actually, if if a drum looks good, I'll be more inclined to buy it. Yes. Yeah. Our friend Bryson Nelson had a little drum in his story, and it's a and it was a craviato. I do I do not own a single craviato snare. Okay. Now my dream has been to own a wood craviato snare. Uh, and it's not like a, it's not like a dream that can't be accomplished. I've I've clearly spent a ton of <laughs> money in the wrong places <laughs> on snares, but it's just something where I just haven't found the one, and and that, it just hasn't happened. But he put up a, a video, and it was uh, it was a solitaire. So I think that's their uh-huh. black aluminum drum. Yeah, those are aluminum. Yep, it's a mean looking drum. Yep, I want it. Yep, but have you experienced one? Because I heard it. Recorded through somebody's phone, so I'm not judging it off that. Yeah, no,
0: it's great, and you don't have an acrylite, right? Or a I don't have an acrylite.
3: Now I could, if we're talking aluminum, I could save a thousand dollars and get an acrylite. <laughs> um, I, I still have to get an acrylite just so that it's here for the campers, so I can be like, hey, just you know, that was hundred and seventy-five dollars. Yeah, and it sounds amazing. Yeah. But what I what I'm asking you is, without dogging out anybody, does the solitaire, because it's a craviato and because it's vented or it looks like it's vented, maybe is the yeah. shell—it's
0: got diamonds. Yeah, diamonds cut into it.
3: Yeah. So, is does it sound just like a standard aluminum drum, or does it have its own character?
0: Sorry for putting you on the spot. I mean, it's not an acrylite. It's different. I mean, an acrylite okay. is 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 a vibey kind of bizarro sound. Um, right. This is going to just sound like a high-end aluminum snare drum. Um, okay. I think it's a straight show. I have to look at the specs. So it's not like it's, it's not a Ludwig style drum. Um, so,
3: so, so mean, this,
0: and this, this drum was,
3: <laughs> this was Jerry Rose drum. He traded it into Nelson Drum Shop for some other gear. Uh-huh. Uh, so, oh, by the way, uh, who I found out that my, I'm just calling it 22 by 12 bass drum. <laughs> that was uh, Vin, that was Vince Gill's drummer's bass drum, and he he traded it into Bryson Nelson's oh, shop. Oh yeah, cool. Uh, so I was like, cool man. I don't like country, but got at least it's got it's got some vibe. <laughs> uh, so so yeah. So I saw that snare, and I just texted Bryson. I was like, all right, man. How much is it? It does it have any history? Because at the moment, I just
0: like the way it looks. Okay, so here's here's the deal with these. Okay, they're rolled. It's not okay. seamless, so that's a certain thing. It's not going to be like a, an acrylite and a superphonic are seamless. And okay. Q drums and you know, some of the companies you are trying to make your, who are making Ludwig style drums, they're seamless. Okay, push comes to shove, I would go to a seamless shell before a rolled welded shell. Okay, does that mean that this is going to sound bad? No,
3: it's but, not. And, and keep in mind, I mean think contractually i'm not going to be playing any snares for a while uh very publicly this is more can i bring something to the camper's attention that they didn't know existed and so i before camp gets here i will have an acrolyte. they just need to i have two black beauties like i want them to experience that stuff and mm-hmm. i was just wondering if when you played this drum was there anything that stood out to it's you a like contemporary oh man
0: temporary sounding drum i'll give okay. you that it's a, it's it's not a vintagey vibe drum it's a contemporary cool. sounding drum um, okay i'm pretty sure i know who makes them but i can't say publicly
3: right and i do have the the only aluminum well i have two aluminum drums i have kind of a uh acrylite copy like a just a hey i bought a shell from drummaker.com right. type yeah i remember thing. that drum yeah. so i have that one the blue one and that's a and road I shell ha- that's a rolled shell. Yeah. So this um, is gonna be
0: similar to that in some ways. Yeah, but it looks so cool. I mean, are we I don't understand why you're not picking it's up the on same this size? Are you getting the same
3: size freaking drum? No. This is a half inch deeper. <laughs> five and a half. A whole different drum. And it's you need like I a just, seven inch Okay, fine, drum. Amber. I just want it. God dang it. Okay. I was really hoping you
0: were going to jump on board with this. Moving on. on Team Amber for this one. Yeah. Save the money. <laughs> I
3: also have the uh, uh, Gretsch aluminum that's CNC'd. Like, it's, it looks like yeah, it's as thick as a yeah. shit. That's a whole different thing. I don't consider that an aluminum drum. It's <laughs> its its own thing. All right. Well, let's get into it. We've got a lot of fun stuff for you You're today. You're going to buy it, aren't you? You're going to buy
0: that drum. Yeah.
3: <laughs> Hell yeah, I'm going to buy it. What do you this, That was decided before I even brought it up. I was just hoping you were going to give me some amber ammunition. Nope. Nope. All right. It'll be
0: a beautiful drum that you will love forever.
3: (laughs) I will love taking pictures of it in my tea room. Okay. Uh, Let's get into today's educational segment. So today we are talking about real versus sampled. I was going to call this segment real versus fake, but I don't think fake is the right word because that gives it a negative connotation. And I think that, sample drums aren't fake they are sampled uh so or they are manipulated in some way and that in itself is its own art form but we wanted to play some songs for you now these are songs that at least the two that i chose these are both songs that i don't know if there's a drummer on the track because even if it's recorded by a band or i'm like no i know the drummer of the band i still don't know if he or she recorded the drums on the album i wasn't there in the session with him mm-hmm. so the goal here is for mike myself, you at home to listen to these and try to make a decision. Do you think this is a real drummer or do you think this is sample drums? Do you think it's programmed? Do you think it's a real drummer that played it? And then they overdubbed the playing with samples. So that's what we're going to take a listen to. Uh, So why don't we go with your first pick, uh, the Regina Spectre tune. So this is uh, a song called Fidelity. Um, I'm actually not familiar with her. Oh, no? Oh, man. No, but You're as soon as you get... sent it, I was like, well, now I have a new favorite artist. <laughs> it's only from like
0: 15 years ago. It's all good. Amen. <laughs> hey, there's no good music anymore, okay?
1: <laughs> okay, so
0: this is a song, Fidelity. There's there's clearly a program part in the first bit, but then some live, quote-unquote, drums come in. That's that's kind of where we're zeroing in.
1: When it breaks my heart, oh, 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 oh. Suppose I
2: never,
3: ever met you let you kiss me. first of all, that's from two thousand and six, okay, so it's fourteen <laughs> years ago. Um, oh no. okay, I don't feel so bad now. That girl is completely undiscovered. She only has twenty two million views on this video. <laughs> Holy crap! How did I miss this one? Uh, what this is like right in my wheelhouse too, man. I don't, dude. I was listening to Saint Vincent, and
0: Tori Amos, and
3: uh, <laughs> EJ Harvey's like, latest release,
0: Johnston. Johnston. This was like a huge hit.
3: <laughs> yeah, I was really busy trying to change the world of online education. Right, Dawson. I missed <laughs> a decade. True. That's true. Moving on. Moving on. Okay, okay. so. <clears throat> I guess my first question when I hear that is like you said, the drums come in at like 50 seconds or so. And it's like, OK, well, are they r- real drums or are they cleaner, more natural sampled drums? Mm-hmm. So that's tough, man. What are you listening for when you're trying to figure out whether you think a drummer played this and it was done with microphones? Instead of samples, and I'm layers. listening
0: for the attack usually because if it's okay. the exact same attack on every single snare hit, it's, that's usually a red flag that it's sample. Yes. Um, and then I'm listening for like ambience. Is there any kind of room ambience or any kind of little detail rattles that you just won't get from a sample library? Now, I chose this track deliberately because Sean Pelton is credited as the drummer, but I wow. visited Sean Pelton's studio. I believe in 2006 and that was when BFD was first introduced and he was one of the first people to really dive and he was in deep into BFD. So that was the first time I experienced multi-sample drum software to the point like, I don't know if that's real or not anymore. So, and this sounds almost like a BFD library to me.
3: Yeah. I mean, that's what I'm, I'm listening for any inconsistencies, uh, there are things that drummers do without even knowing they're doing it that programmers just won't do. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's just a thing. I, I don't know how to explain it, but in that, I only listened to about 40 seconds of it, but oh, it's tough, man. Because the other thing is Questlove, which we'll listen to later, has shown us, well, you could just try really hard to sound like you're programmed.
0: Mm-hmm yeah that was a very shift. flawless yeah
3: yeah and and no no personal um or no personality in the
0: track all right let's go to Did you come one of inclusion? my do you think it's real or not? no <laughs> i don't know I, that's the whole point is i i can't tell i think it's programmed i think you think it's programmed i think okay. that sean was hired to make it sound like a real drum but it's programmed that's okay. what i think yeah i, I mean god
3: it's tough it because I can see, I can see someone as studio nerdy as a Sean Pelton being like, "Oh, those, those are the samples you like." I I bet I could record that snare sound, mm. you know. So I, I just it, it goes both ways. It's a very it's we're not in a black or white world right now of that figuring it out. Okay, so the first one I have for you is a song called "Sound and Color" by the band Alabama Shakes. Uh, drums come in at fifty, and the reason I chose this is because if it is samples. It's very percussive, and there, it's like someone's playing with brushes. But it sometimes the music distorts my perception because the music is so overly produced that I assume the drums are fake.
0: Hmm. Okay, so you said 50 seconds? Uh, yeah. All right, let's see what's happening.
1: A new way. It must be I
2: must be
0: okay, I think it's a real drummer. Only because God. of that one crash, there was just enough dynamic variation in the groove before it, that I'm like, nah, yeah. they wouldn't have programmed that little, tiny, little dynamic swell. Man. Oh, it's tough because it's such a looped groove. If, right? At first, I thought they just they just cut up a measure of someone playing a beat, right, and made a loop out um,
3: of it. Beautiful sounding bass drum tone. I mean, yeah. it sounds like something that Jason McGur would have done or Matt Chamberlain would have done. Um, it just it's beautiful. I love the sound of it, and then it just bums me out that I can't tell if it's a real drummer. <laughs> and I tried when I was looking up the tracks for you. I tried to find videos that obviously weren't band videos. Yeah, like. I don't, I don't want you to see a drummer playing it. Cause then it's impossible not to unsee that. All right, let's go to your, now. This next one that you picked is super famous. One of the most famous, it, at least to me, it's like one of those things that changed where my love for R and B was going, like always dug it. And then at this point it was kind of R and B and hip hop came together mm-hmm. and just, it was this, it was this new thing. And I mean, I remember after this, yeah. Everything
0: changed. Yeah. I mean, I, I spent at least an entire summer, if not longer, playing along to Roots tracks all day, every day. Like, I just wanted yeah. to be able to do what was happening in this music. In this record in particular, it's Things Fall Apart. Um, you Got Me was the tune. I just, my precision was so off that to play, even to play along with him, I'm like, this can't be him. He can't be playing this way. Like, every note is so freaking perfect. And then, yeah. of course, we all learned that absolutely he's playing it. But the section in particular was the outro. There's, that, okay. there's no way in a million years you could have convinced me that he played that until he said it. I, I played it <laughs> in, a, in a modern drummer's story. So oh. I gave you the answer, but let's just marvel at, his, at Questlove's ability to not sound like a human being.
3: I mean doesn't it really just come down to your personal experience and you as soon as you hear this the first thing you think is well how would i do
0: that and then when you realize you can't then it's fake <laughs> and it's so <laughs> easy to just speed up a loop and and right. chop it up and not so easy but much Well, even tone wise to i mean it.
3: that snare at this time that that wasn't a normal snare sample sound and so that snare sounds like it actually it, it does sound like a sample that was sped up yeah totally Oh, man. Yeah. It, the, the Fallon or the Tonight Show really screwed things up because then when you started seeing him play this stuff on a nightly basis, live. Yeah. And with a very like organic mix, and it still sounded just like this. It was like, damn. <laughs> yeah. and, and that's the thing that I think Quest probably doesn't get enough credit for. His drumming obviously is out of control and changed the world of drumming. But the sound he gets out of his drums, the yeah. way he plays them, the way they sound, whether it's a camera phone recording him on a street
0: or if it's a full-blown studio record, it, he he makes his drums sound like this. Yeah, that bass drum sound sounds like a heartbeat. It doesn't sound like a bass drum. Like, how did you get 100%. an acoustic drum to sound like that? But there's like no attack, but it's still punchy. It's fascinating. Yeah. So I, I went, I'm sure all of us did when this record came out, it was like, okay, how can I even get 10% of this happening? Yeah. There and, was another,
3: um, I don't know who played drums on it. I don't remember, but there was another Eric about track that was done with Roy Hargrove, uh, when, with the RH factor. Oh, right. And it had, them. it had a kind of a similar thing. I think it might've been Willie Jones, the third playing drums, uh, but it was another one of those things where I spent a good three or four months only playing that song. Mm. It was RH factor featuring Eric Badu. And I was just like this pretty much exactly what you just said about the roots thing. It was like, I want that. Yeah. I want that so bad. Um, and there's songs like that, that connect us together. I remember being in Ireland at 21 drums last year, we're hanging out around a fire pit. Well, it was just a giant pile of burning furniture that they do every night because the castle's too big. Uh, But we're hanging out around this giant fire pit and Mark starts playing that song. And instantly I look at him like there's like this connection of cool, man, we have the same past experiences. Mm -hmm. We ended up in very different places, but okay. You couldn't have just discovered that song. You were probably listening to it when you were 25, just like I was Mm -hmm. and just going like, what is going on here? So Pretty cool stuff. All right. Last one I have for you is a song called Say You Won't by the band Brass Tracks. Are you familiar with Brass Tracks? Not at all. Okay. So definitely, uh, I have no idea how long they've been around, but born of the snarky puppy world where it's a full brass band. So this is one that's got me confused because they play live all the time and they try really hard to make their brass sound so flawless that it sounds like a keyboard is playing like brass and woodwind uh so there so i'm struggling to figure out like okay they're such an organic band there's no way they'd use drum samples but the way Mm. this thing sounds it sounds like it could have been programmed so let's check it out this is uh say you won't by brass tracks So to I've, me, it sounds like layers. It, it sounds, sounds like, like a drummer some with a You
0: collapse, there's something happening. It's processed. Those hi-hats sound real, but I mean. But, yeah, but, but damn, they're flawless if they're real.
3: <laughs> 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 I, yeah, it's tough. Because like, <sighs> like I said, I mean, this is a band that prides themselves on. They're like a snarky puppy type band where it's a 15-piece band touring around, real drummer, real bass player, real everything but somebody's hitting uh, a pad on the on the back beats for sure clearly yeah clearly um but yeah it's it's fun to listen to. if you guys haven't checked out brass tracks they don't have the 22 million views but they're, they're at <laughs> one one million that's pretty dope yeah. uh so give give them a, a listen uh, really cool stuff and they do a lot of brass remixes of other people's songs so there if somebody has a song there'll be a brass tracks remix that puts brass on top of it which oh, is okay. awesome
0: cool cool Oh, so, cool By stuff. the way, I uh, as we were listening to that I researched the RH factor The credits on that record are insane So it could be Craig Glanville on drum machine It could be Craig Butter Glanville On drums It could be um, Wait a minute, so he gets a nickname when he plays drum set? <laughs> yeah. He's not Butter Glanville? It could <laughs> be Willie Jones III It could be Gene Lake It could be Daniel Moreno It could be, there was one more jason thomas so it could be dante winslow on drum machine finger snaps and background vocals <laughs> that's modern <laughs> well, music great, for you <laughs> uh, what's the is it what's the name of that album um, oh you i just know? deleted the uh i just closed okay. the window but yeah i think there's the only song is called maybe, poetry i think
3: yes yes and it is something where it's like oh it's a cool song cool song everything's great and then about the 350 mark your life just turns upside down. And it's, it's almost like they said, if you are patient enough to listen to this song, we will reward you with some candy. Yeah. But if you need to bail, then bail. You're not ready for this. We don't just give it to you in the first verse, lackey. <laughs> All right. <laughs> let's All let's right. talk about one of the guys uh, that has been an idol of so many for so long. First time I ever saw him play, just like a lot of people that we talk about on this podcast was on a modern drummer festival. I think he kind of came out of nowhere for most people from Australia. Uh, all of a sudden there was this dude playing a green premier Janista. And it's the, it's the (laughs) reason I got my green premier Janista is because of this man. I'm speaking of Virgil Donati. And when he came out and did the modern drummer festival, it, That one festival was so hard for the world to handle because Mm. I think Horacio, that was his introduction, right?
0: Yeah, to the world. Yeah, the first one.
3: So so we got Left Foot Clave, Virgil Donati playing traditional grip harder than any metal drummers ever played matched grip, (laughs) and Tony Royster Jr. And I think, yeah, no, it it was the worst thing to ever happen to the drum community because we're like, well, well, what are you doing? You have no shot. But I remember. The Virgil stuff was new for me. I, I wasn't deep, deep into fusion at the time, but there was something about his fusion that was, I guess, almost more tangible. Hmm. Uh, it felt like, I know it's not. <laughs> I don't mean it. slow down now. I know you almost choked on your water. <sighs> what I mean is there was a clarity to his drumming. The Most of the fusion I had studied was from the 70s. I couldn't really hear what was going on. Yeah, okay. Yeah, with, it's not weather with the modern, for sure. Correct. With the <laughs> Modern Drummer Festival, I heard every note he was playing. Uh, well-certain that I couldn't do it. I was still reeling from the fact that Tony was 12, so... Yeah, I was, yeah it was game over. I'd given up. Yeah, I had given up by that point. But still, uh, it was just incredible, and then to see where he's gone since then, it's just... It's, it's amazing, and I'm really happy that we have guys like him, Thomas Lang, Virgil Donati, other guys just pushing this instrument as far as it can go and being relentless with it.
0: Yeah, and he's kind of been uncompromising as a composer, too, which is interesting he's he's you know we're talking about virgil donati if you're not aware we're talking about we uh we not we aaron edgar did an amazing insane job of transcribing virgil tracks for the april issue so if you want some really progressive excerpts of beats and licks and stuff um, there's one two four pages of craziness in in the april issue um so yeah kudos to aaron for tackling this he um he's always up for a challenge and this one is insane so and we actually got Virgil to weigh in and make sure that everything was accurate and offer really some quotes and stuff yep that's pretty cool so anyway we transcribed a bunch of his stuff throughout his career spanning uh, how many years the more recent probably going back maybe seven years uh, okay so we're gonna drop in some excerpts of the stuff we transcribed Um, If you haven't seen Virgil in person, I went to a clinic of his in the late 90s, left there completely dumbfounded at how a human being could do what he did. And then he also closed. I was in one of those uh, Guitar Center Drum Off Regional Finals, and he was like the headlining act. Oh, my gosh. We all played, and, yeah, cool, someone's going to win. And then Virgil just came out and was like, hey, here's some torpedoes. (laughs) Wow. Good night. But what was inspiring about him for that experience for me was – Backstage, while everyone else was doing their, you know, going up and playing their two-minute solos, he was practicing. He never stopped. Like drumsticks were in his hand from the moment he showed up at the Hard Rock in Atlanta to the moment he got off stage. Yeah, I mean, that's—I
3: would say the the legend of Virgil Donati right now is that relentless pursuit of forward momentum in his drumming, and I mean, it's become almost legend now because people are like, "Yeah, he built." a sound room inside his Los Angeles apartment and he practices 27 hours a day. Like, what seems like more than is possible. It's like, yeah, I don't know. He's crazy. Uh, but and there, you know, and people I've heard people like, yeah, yeah, I, I'm friends with Virgil. He just comes out like, Uh, for Grubhub gets food and goes right back into his, I'm like, what? (laughs) You tell me the dude hasn't seen the sun. So now it's just, it's out of control. No one knows what's fact or what's fiction, Uh, but no matter what you can say that the dude has put in the work. That's the one thing that has to always be appreciated at that level. It's not because he was born talented. It's because he is, And he's obsessed with forward momentum and just trying to get better. And he's put in the work he put in. He put in the work behind the scenes so that we could recognize his. we could call it talent. He's so talented. Yeah. It's like uh, he's a product of a boatload of hard work. So what do you want to
0: listen to first? So the first one is a track called Castle Bastards off of his solo album Ruination. I think it's his his latest record just came out late last year. Uh, this one we chose because he does some pretty slick little triplet to eighth note jumps. It makes it feel like it's kind of speeding up and slowing down in random way, but it's not. It's all composed. So this begins at the thirty second mark of the track Castle Bastards. <laughs> So let me just quickly break that down for you. Uh. <laughs> it's all transcribed. The thing is, you look at it on a paper, like, cool, it's two beats of triplets, two beats of eighth notes, no, three beats of eighth notes, some more triplets. He's jumping back between triplets and eighth notes, but it's the way he's on it and where those kick drum notes come in. Right. It sounds like I, I mean, I. there's no way I could have transcribed that, I don't think. It would have taken a long time. Yeah. I,
3: I, I just... I sit back and marvel and just let it be. I don't. <laughs> it doesn't bum me out. It just is what it is. And if I want that result, I have to be willing to put in that kind of work.
0: Yeah. And That's all and I, I mean, can say. He's composing the music, so he's practicing this stuff with a context of he's going to be the one that creates the, the context for it, which I think is awesome, too. Absolutely amazing. All right. Next, all right one next one is The Last Night That I Lived. This is off of the same record, Ruination. This is an example of him jumping time signatures. It goes 4 8 6 8 4 8 6 8 4 8 6 8 4 8, six, eight, four, eight six, back and forth um, with all kinds of syncopated stuff. The right hand is playing 16ths the entire time. This starts at 1 minute and 4 seconds. <laughs>
3: just hits so hard it's so powerful <laughs> I know that snare drum is cracking traditional yeah bass. going in
0: uh I have nothing to say I kind of feel that one so we notated it Aaron notated it and four eight six eight it could have been ten eight I actually feel it as a quarter note pulse in five that's the okay. way I can kind of comprehend it a little bit better um, yeah slick huh yeah <laughs>
3: Dude, I'm uh, it's just it's it's so outside my realm that I did all like I mean, I feel like I'm watching the Modern Drummer Festival again as a kid. I feel like I'm just going like uh, it, something that we've discussed in the past is sometimes your heroes, sometimes you're lucky enough that your heroes progress at the same rate that you do or even faster, so you don't ever catch them, you never get closer oh, yeah. to them because they're growing whatever that distance was the first time you saw them and you started practicing your butt off, they're practicing the same amount and growing just as fast. And so I honestly, when I'm watching this, I'm like, Oh wow. Yeah, no, I don't understand it anymore. But then I think, well, but he's grown two decades worth of practice since the last time I was really obsessed with Virgil. So it's awesome. It does make me want to dive back into his plane though, especially seeing the video of this last one. You guys can't tell at home, but we're watching these on YouTube. Sometimes it's just an album cover in this one. The last night I lived you get to actually see him do it, and that makes me remember
0: how much I just really idolized this guy. Yeah. So the next one is the song Revolution off of the ice fish album Human Hardware. This is notated in two four five sixteen. Um, I believe Virgil originally conceived as 13-16 however you want to count it it's a freaking mess but again the right hand is playing 16ths the whole time so just listen for the kick and snare to kind of outline this 2-4-5-16 pattern uh, starts at 20 seconds
1: Ready?
3: Did you say two four five eight
0: five, or 16. two four five sixteen? Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, that's screws it one, up. Two, three, four, 5. There's no quarter note pause to kind of sink into. It's just always off by one. You're like, ah, God, I lost it. Yeah. <laughs> Man, <laughs> that's awesome. Can you imagine being his bass player? You'd have to be
3: much of a freak as he is. Uh, I'd be like, "Can someone play a shaker and four over this just so I can hold on to something?" Can you give me a little shaka tika, shaka tika, shaka tika, shaka No, nope. not asking for the world. That's awesome. Okay, so the last one we have. This says it's from 2020. Is this a new album or what is this? The Dawn of Time orchestral works. No, the last one
0: is uh, from 2016. Oh, okay. So I guess it just got posted on YouTube. Got so this it. is a concerto okay. that he composed off of his album The Dawn of Time. Concerto for drums. So this is drum set over top of like contemporary classical orchestral music. And this excerpt begins at fifty-three seconds.
3: listen to that while walking i would have just fallen down because it was it was good i mean i was good i was good i could handle it but did you get to the damn. five over four though no <laughs> oh i just looked at you on skype and was like can we get out i am <laughs> I'm struggling so that here.
0: goes from uh strong it's it kind of can feel in cut time but it's an eighth note pulse fast 18 yeah. eighth notes then it goes to quarter note triplets which is deceiving enough, and then he ups it and goes to five over four, and still kind of, and then seven over four. While his do you want to play? Um, playing all the quarters.
3: Do you want to play the intro of my band's new song and just show how complicated we are? <laughs> <laughs> one and two and three and one and two
0: and three and oh my god! All right, god. so let's let's drop that one in again. So it's okay. You know, listen to it's, after he does the big fill, he plays you know regular, regular quote unquote eighth notes for one, two, three, four, five, six, seven bars. Then he shifts to triplets: one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine bars. And then he goes to fives: one, two, three, four, five, and then sevens for three bars.
3: You know, there's three listeners of our <laughs> podcast that can handle what we're talking about right but now.
0: I think it's more important to hear the effect. Like, what what does this do I to agree. you emotionally? Yeah. Yeah, totally. all right, just... let's give it a check. All right, listen, 53 seconds. <laughs> give it a tick, Give it a tick,
3: So, do you know what the process was for this? Was this like completed orchestral works that were already done, and then he came in and just decided to jam over the top of it? Or were no. these written to be some. Okay, he did.
0: Yeah. How
3: he composed Jeez. it, I'm
0: assuming in software that had a string sample, not with <laughs> musicians in a room. Yeah. Um, that but were all know.
3: very mad. <laughs> Man, that's amazing. Uh, I mean, that just. Just that intro fill, seriously. That intro fill was so. I was just looking at their sheet music, going like, "Oh God, this is not worth union pay. This is so much work." Um, That intro fill, that's what the power of Virgil that I was talking about. Like, there's no video, I can't see anything, but I can visually see how hard he nailed that fill. Yeah, like drums don't sound like that unless you smack the,
0: (laughs) the bejeebers out of them. My goodness. That's Virgil. That's enough. I'm sweating. Let's move on. Got something easier. Good.
3: Yeah, I've got something way easier. Let's talk about custom fitted in-ear
2: monitors.
3: (laughs) That's what I'm talking about. Uh, Okay, first of all, let's talk about custom molds real quick. For those of you that talk about in-ear monitors, when if Mike and I are talking about in-ear monitors. Nine times out of 10, we are only talking about custom molds. So custom molds means that you go into an audiologist, you get your molds done, you send those off to the monitor company, whoever that happens to be. And then they make you monitors that are custom fit for your ears. Now, the reason why that's so important, it's not because they're better or they have better electronics in them all the time. That's not the case. It's the seal that it provides when Mm -hmm. when your ear is sealed The low end is amplified the high end. You're not losing any of the sound and you're not getting a ton of sound coming in from uh, ambient sound. So I personally have told my students, if you have the opportunity to get a thousand dollars, non-custom molded ears or two hundred ninety nine dollar custom molds, get the two ninety nine custom molds. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. It's going to sound better. Every time, it's going to be more comfortable. They're going to be great earplugs for you. Almost all of these have detachable cables. Mm-hmm. So now you have custom-molded earplugs. It's just so worth doing. I would take a dual-driver, $299 custom mold any day over the best non-custom-mold. Absolutely, because
0: um, the non-custom-mold, the seal is always—at some point, the seal is going to— break and you're going to just get all this ambient noise and and, and you're just, jamming them into your ears the yeah, whole night as you just, start moving around yeah, yeah i'm just i don't even think of non-custom molds as in-ears they're buds they're earbuds i agree i agree okay so we got that out of the way okay you are reviewing some dream ears <clears throat> yes so i believe they were my pick of the week maybe last week of the week before dream ears is a small um custom shop down in florida so backstory when i went down to do the clinic um In Florida and whenever that was last fall, uh, Mitch from Dreamears Ears came out. He co-sponsored it and he offered to give me some, you know, fit me for some in-ears while I was there. So I got to know him. So the big reason that I'm promoting them is the dude's a professional drummer. He plays every day of the week, basically. He created this company because he wasn't happy with what was available for in-ear monitors for drummers. Which, I totally love that. I love the idea of someone saying, I'm going to solve the problem that no one else can seem to solve. Um, so, it's DreamEars is the company. The website is DreamEars.com. He fitted me for um, basically the highest end version monitors that he makes, which are the DB10X. These have 10, um, what do you call them? Drivers. Drivers?
3: 10. 10 drivers. I don't understand. Like, unless your ear is expanding, I don't understand how that's fitting in there. But before we get more into the review, let's give him a listen. All right. Uh, so, that's a tough thing about in ears, especially custom molds, is you're asked to spend upwards of a thousand or fifteen hundred or even more on something that you will never be able to try mm-hmm. out until the product is done. So, mm-hmm. I think recommendations from guys like us that have the opportunity to get these go a long way. So yes, you know you already know which in-ears I have because you have them as well. Yep. Where do these sit in your world? Like how happy do they make you when you're listening? Do you feel like you're getting an honest sound, an yeah. enhanced sound? I'll be
0: I'm completely honest. I have three sets of, of in-ears because for different reasons. I have these, which were sent to review. I have the ones that you and I uh, both use, the UEs. And then I have a set to parallel what Carter has at Lion King, so my my okay. in ear mix is identical to what he's hearing. Okay, um, so he that is um, six four audio, and then the UEs these um, have more drivers than both of those, um, a lot more. These have four woofers, two low mids, a mid, a high mid, a tweeter, and a super tweeter. What does that translate to? Um, an insane amount of clarity across the entire frequency range so I'm I'm not hearing any like puffy low end that feels cool but if you're trying to mix a record you can't really tell what's happening Um, it's just super clear punchy it still sounds big but I'm not getting that like build up of low end and all the clarity in the high end because all the high frequencies are divided over several drivers instead of just one it has a frequency response of 16 hertz to 16 kilohertz, which is beyond what normal human beings what, yeah. can even hear. Totally, uh, and it isolates you by negative 26 dB. So, all that said, these are as good of quality as anything I've ever used, if not better. And the real kicker—about half the price. So you're getting yeah out of this level yeah. yeah. So this DB10X is twelve twelve hundred fifty bucks. To get anything comparable from any other brand, which I don't think there is anything comparable that gives you 10 drivers, you're looking upwards of $2,000. Right.
3: Now, I think that most weekend warrior drummers probably think 1250 is a lot, but I really don't think. I mean, it's the one thing besides your wrists and fingers that is on your actual body that you're trying to protect yeah. while doing your job. And the, we, we all know, like, yeah, it'd be great if I could just throw in some Just like you said with the uh, noise reduction, if I could just throw in some 26 dB noise reduction earplugs and be me, I would love that. But I can't. I feel like I'm isolated. I can't hear my drums. I can only hear these woofy frequencies. Uh, So I think that spending a good deal of money on custom-molded in-ears, it's one of the places that I feel like, you know don't save money on getting your taxes done don't save money on (laughs) tattoos and don't save money on in ears that's true
0: and and you know we're featuring the the 10x as like the high-end version but most professional level in-ears have four drivers so the the comparable dream ears version the db4x is only 650 dollars. that's comparable to most of your professional high-end in-ears again that's, that's a, hundreds cheaper and if you go up to the six driver which is the d the d e 6x that's still just 850 bucks i don't I'm, i might be wrong but i don't think there's any other in-ear monitor out there that has more than six drivers so that would be like the highest end version that you can get from any other right. company um so yeah the the value I, I alone think- is is make some very strong contenders and i had no issues with the fit whatsoever um I was Which a little bit amazing. concerned about, you know, a drummer. Here's a here's a drummer learning how to fit me with foreniers. <laughs> right. Know? Not an audiologist. They right. came in, they're perfectly fit, just comfortable. I've wearing it for hours. Great seal. Great seal. I mixed my entire solo uh weird drum record with them. Didn't feel like I was missing anything or overcompensating yeah, for and anything.
3: And I think like for the for most drummers, especially if you're using them to practice, uh the D B two X, four hundred and fifty bucks Like I said, even dual driver, custom molds, better than anything out there that's not custom mold or better than any set of headphones you can get. Uh, But I think really where those 10 drivers are going to hit their stride is, especially when you're dealing with music, because there's so many frequencies that happen in music that don't happen on the drum set.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's like the the clarity of an acoustic guitar versus your ride cymbal, like. R- that totally. is what I'm hearing versus it's just a bunch of high end stuff, <laughs> you know. It's yeah, like when it's I, really when I play it my place,
3: when I play my drums by myself and I'm just teaching and filming, I'm usually using the uh, UE Pros or six Pros, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I am playing with my band, that's when I'm using the Elevens, right? Because I want to hear those frequencies, and it would be the same with this. If I was doing mostly music, especially mixing, and I wanted to mix with in-ears or use even a lot of people use their in-ears as a second set of high-end speakers. Like, all right, I'm going to mm-hmm. mix on my speakers. And then just to make sure the mix is dialed, I'll throw in my ears real quick for reference monitors. And I think that the DBX-10s would, or the DB-10Xs would be amazing for that. Yeah. I mean, I so. was
0: hearing stuff that didn't translate to actual speakers at all. Like, I was hearing way more information. Wow. So it was, you know, I was able to just be a little bit more surgical with my mix. And then it just translated to just a clearer final product and that's awesome recording drums i'm hearing all the overtones so when i'm tuning i can really get the drums where they need to be a lot easier that's great so check all it out right, well, if you're in the market for some new in-ears check out DreamEars.com. that's DreamEars with a z.com um, i'm not not in the market for some new in-ears if, i mean <laughs> he's just like mike
3: i need your opinion i get you man i'll help you out they do uh, have the awesome.
0: detachable cable it, it's you know, you're not compromising any quality whatsoever uh, versus Very some cool. of the more bigger companies. DreamEars.com. Very cool. All right. Enough candy. Let's get to our picks of the week. No. Let's get to some questions. So we got a couple audio questions here. Um, let's just do two of them. So we're going to start with uh, uh, not the first one I sent you, but the second one I sent you. That would be Jason. Nope. I don't know. Arlene's? Uh, Arlene? Yeah, Really? I'm Auerilian? glad that
3: you went first. Yes. <laughs> no, whatever.
2: It's Arlene. All right, here we go. Aurelian. Hi, Mike and Mike. This is Aurelian recording this message from France. Uh, thanks so much for what you're doing. I love the podcast, and having the ability to send you questions is just great. So to my question, I'm 28 and currently working as a marketing manager and I'm about to do a pretty big career move. Next year, I'll join a music school for a one-year program. So basically, I'll go from playing a few hours a week to a few hours a day. And I'd like to know, how can I prepare physically to make sure that I don't get tendinitis, for example um and also if you have any suggestion for someone about to start a music school to make sure i'll get all the benefits of it i'll take it thank you so much guys bye bye
3: okay we could have played the damn question before i had butchered his name (laughs) he said it in the first three seconds (laughs) and i've already forgot aurelian (laughs) that's it right aurelian what should he do
0: (laughs) all right amen
3: uh, thank thank well, you for a couple your
0: question. We're idiots. It's not that we can't pronounce your name. <laughs> or really. We understand. just have very simple names Mike and Mike. Oh, yeah, exactly.
3: <laughs> okay. So, as far as to make sure you don't get tendonitis, obviously, uh, neither Mike or I are doctors, but. I do think a lot of problems with people's hands and wrists comes down to their grip. A lot of people Mm. that end up with problems when I see them play, they just grip the sticks too tight. I mean, you really want to start to put a focus on a pad that has a ton of rebound to or any surface that has a ton of rebound, ride symbol, anything. But really get used to allowing the stick to do as much work as possible so that you're not clamping down and bringing the stick down and then bringing it back up with your wrist. But the stick is doing as much work as possible. And you have what Jim Chapin called the baby bird technique, hold the stick tight enough that you'll never drop the bird, but loose enough that you'll never hurt the bird. And I think that that will help you a lot. The other thing is as you're getting ready to make this career change and go into school, try to play as much as you can, even if it's on the side of your shoe or on a pad, the more that you're playing every day, the more you're going to build up, the ability to play for multiple hours a day.
0: Yeah, one thing I would say, add to that is just give yourself time to rest. I think um, there's no way you're going to overcome. You're gonna you're gonna make up for lost time just by practicing more and pushing through. Uh, your body needs time to recuperate. Just like if you're going to start doing pull ups, you can't just do a thousand pull ups. And of course, I mean you're, it's not going to work that way. So just give your be patient. Give yourself time to rest, hydrate. I know when I was in college, when I had tendonitis. Looking back, I probably had like a case of beer a week, so that wasn't oh, probably boy. wasn't too good for my joints. And I ate a lot of fast food and pizza and all that, so just take care of Aurelian, yourself. and hit me
3: up. I will get you a tea recipe to keep those joints loose. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> now, as far as taking advantage of being there, I still maintain that one of the greatest reasons to attend any sort of art college, doesn't matter whether it's music or not, is connections and networking in the end, you're going to get better at the drums and it's a great environment and you're going to hopefully take advantage of all the education that's there. You'll probably learn as much from the student base as you will from the staff. Totally. Just that's just the way it works. But the most important thing is at some point you won't be in that school anymore, but the connections you made while you were there will last you for the rest of your life. So make sure that you're not just trying to be cool in the drum crowd. Because those are the only people that won't help you once school's over. (laughs) True. Talk to the bass players. Talk to the singer-songwriters. Talk to the producers. I mean, if it's a music school, there's probably an engineering class going on. Talk to, you know, really network with everybody that could be your crew when school's over.
0: Yeah, I would say take advantage of it. Don't worry about, um, I mean, this would not be the time to, like, make sure you get 12 hours of sleep. <laughs> you should be hanging right. out, going, going out to see shows, going to rehearsals, joining yes. bands, playing with everybody, anybody you can possibly do. Um, just soak it all in because that time will never be like that ever again in your life.
3: Yeah. And really besides a few rare cases, it's no one ever says like, Oh, let me recommend my friend. He's the best drummer ever. <laughs> they say, let me recommend my friend. He's a really cool hang. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and he's, he's he's fine. He can play drums. That's not a problem. <laughs> but they never say, no, he's the best bass player to ever live. He's Let a me jerk, recommend. Him. but, man, he's such a <laughs> virtuoso. But he's so good. He plays a one-string bass. I don't even know how he does it. It's amazing. All right, next audio question. All right, we got uh, one from Jay here. Hey, Mike and Mike. This is Jason from Mill Valley, California. Love the podcast. Love Modern Drummer. Thanks for all you do. I've been playing drums for about 35 years, and over the past five years, I've been doing a lot of restoration of vintage drums, getting into that thing, and i found myself with a lot of extra drums. So what I'm wondering is, do you or your listeners know of some sort of organization that would allow me to donate drums to kids or other drummers in need? I've just got a ton of extra snares, not really worth it to sell them, and uh, I would rather give them to, to somebody who could use them. I know when I was coming up, I definitely could have used a better snare to practice on and uh, that's my question. Appreciate any guidance you or your listeners could offer. Have a great one. I do. Uh, I okay. actually, I, unfortunately, I don't know the name right now, but I just, Jason, uh, first of all, thank you for even thinking about doing that for other drummers. That's awesome. But I just had that exact same question to my AR at Gretsch. And I said, mm-hmm. hey, man, like, I am still confused. I've been an endorsed artist for, I'm 43, for 23 years. And I still don't know what to do with extra gear. No mm-hmm. one. It's this mystery in the endorsement world. Like we just don't talk about it. Can I sell it? I don't know. Can I give it back to you? I don't know. I'm like, well, <laughs> I, I got a damn music store here. What do you want me to do with all this stuff? So anyways, I, I just point blank asked my A&R at Gretsch, Andrew, I have extra drum sets in replica sizes. Like I have four of the same kit in different colors. Mm-hmm. What can I do with these? And he said that there's now Gretsch and DW have a program and their their own charity that gives instruments to kids, uh, musicians that maybe lost their instruments due to a fire or natural disaster. Mm -hmm. And he was like, dude, bring them here. So what I would suggest is to contact um, Gretsch's A&R. You can just do that through you could probably just call DW Drums. I mean, they have a normal phone number. Look them up on their contact and just send a note and Andrew Shreve will put you in touch with what that charity is or how to at least get your drums to that place. Cause that's what I told him. Okay. Well, the next time I drive down to LA, I'm just going to bring a couple kits with me mm-hmm. and give them back to Gretsch. But I, cause I always thought, can you just give them to like a new artist you signed? Someone must need a kit. Yeah, um, right. you know, there must be like a junior artist that's like, well, you can get 60 off a of USA custom or I can give you Mike's old kit, but it's 10 16 and 22. (laughs) So, uh, but yeah, so, and now that they have this program, it actually makes it really easy for me to be like, cool, man, I will load up all the stuff that's getting no use, but it's, it's painful to me to see it locked away in a closet or in storage bags. You know, it makes no sense. Somebody should be playing
0: this stuff. There you go. I don't have any experience with any nonprofits, so I don't feel comfortable suggesting them, but I do know like the Grammys has, has a nonprofit segment. So, I think if you if you look up any notable organization, they're probably going to have some some nonprofit wing. Um, Boom. There's I know there's Little Kids Rock here in New Jersey, so there's there's local ones too. But yeah, I think Mike had the best suggestion. Contact the drone and, company.
3: Yeah, and I mean um, I don't know exactly where Mill Valley is, but you know you could probably drop them off at uh, at DW next time you're in Oxnard and take a
0: little factory tour and all that kind of stuff. So. Dig it. so, we got another listener question we'll get to next week that's audio, but I like the audio question. So, please send yours in to mdinfo at modern Please pronounce your name in, within the first five <laughs> seconds of the audio so we don't embarrass ourselves. Uh, uh,
3: all right, pick of the week that's time. Okay. Pick of the week time. Uh, why don't you go first? Because I
0: love this pick of the week, and you and I both played it mm-hmm. at NAM. So the Bald Man Percussion is the company and they have a thing called the Junk Hat, which they sent me the original version last summer, I think, to to check out. And we're going to review it as well as the new version coming soon. Um, but it's my pick of the week now. So if you go to baldmanpercussion.com, check it out. It's like a it's Oscar the Grouch hi-hat version is about the best way I can. Wow, <laughs> well done. It. <laughs> it's a well piece of done. wood with a piece of I don't know if it's like coping or something tacked on. It's got chains. It's got a trash can lid underneath. It's designed to, to have an analog version of like a 808 sampled kind of sound, like a hand clap or something. It's super fun. Um, It'd be great if you play any kind of like rootsy music where you want to have a bunch of different textures. I put mine on a remote hi-hat so it's not taking it up my normal hi-hat stand. Um, super fun. So Let me give out. you a, a
3: in-depth quote from one of mine and Mike's favorite drummers. This is Matt Chamberlain. Let me make sure I don't want to misquote him. This thing sounds like junk. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. But I mean, seriously though, for the price, it's it's 130 bucks.
0: Yeah, 130 bucks. I mean, the new one, that, which has like some extra bits on it, is is 150, but. It's super fun. I did some videos on Instagram yeah. with it a while ago. Um, we're going to do like an official review here soon, but just go check it out. There's plenty of videos of it out there. It's just a fun. I mean, it's loud. It's not a. It's not a subtle thing. It, it'll cut. It'll cut on stage for sure.
3: It, well, I can say it, it was a lot of fun to play. It, <laughs> yeah, it was definitely a lot of fun to play. Um, and they have the XL version yeah the gigantic one she's <laughs> always awesome very yeah, cool super
0: fun so go to baldmanpercussion.com check it out and then we will return to this soon for an audio demo as well all right uh my pick of the week is an audio pick of the week i
3: was saying uh, in a few episodes ago that there's no good music anymore and uh That's not the case. Obviously I was mainly talking about hits, but uh, something that just came out this year. So a 2020 album is from one of my favorite groups, uh, the band Fantagram or the group, I should say Mm. just a duo Fantagram released their newest album ceremony. So check it out. And I'm recommending it for drummers because Fantagram is a really cool. I don't want to really label them as trip hop anymore, but when they came on the scene in 2010, they were more of a trip hop group or a trip hop duo and They've always been one of my favorite groups to play along to and just zone out and just play some drums and mm-hmm. not think about anything other than flow. And so when I'm just trying to warm up, sometimes it's just two two songs in a row. And I mean, a Phanagram song can be six minutes. So you get 12 minutes of warming up and just losing yourself in a vibe. And that's, that's some of my favorite music. Tycho is another great one to check out. T-Y-C-H-O. If you want to lose yourself in a vibe, but the new Fanagram album is is pretty awesome. So the album's called Ceremony, and uh, yeah, definitely check it out.
0: Dig it. So we're we're done. So we've got. um, Dude,
3: that so was fun. The, the real or fake was fun. I enjoyed that stuff. Yeah, hey, I don't think, think we got. Uh,
0: <laughs> I don't think we got any conclusions. I should probably I should probably should have called Sean and say, hey, did you play on this genius Spectre song? <laughs> Hey, did you plan this? Because we're going to call you out on our podcast. <laughs> Pretty sure it's BFD. Man, when he showed me what you could do with Ableton Live and BFD, my mind You mean in 2006? In 2006, right. my mind just melted. He had samples of boot stomps that was replacing his bass drum. It was wow. like, get out of here. This is game over. Anyway, our, our outro beat is Chad. <laughs> He's playing a 15-16 groove in a true Virgil Gennati. Uh, style And he's recorded us all with the Yamaha EAD-10. So let's uh, listen to oh. Chad. Yeah. What? <laughs> I
3: was going to say, I mean, I don't want to step on Sean's, but damn, you gave me the smackdown of a lifetime on social media when I was like, <laughs> well, yeah, any kid could sound good with that many mics. And you said, uh, it's just recorded
0: with the EAD-10. It's like, well, oh,
3: all right. There goes that argument. <laughs> I, got, I, got, I got Dawson
0: slapped. <laughs> all right. Here's Chad. We'll see you next week. Stay safe, everyone. I think I just said Sean. Yeah, Alright, Chad, kill it.
3: <laughs> Whatever. I'm out of here. I'm gonna go listen to some Virgil.